Hello everyone and welcome to the Net Saviors Podcast. I'm your jolly old host, Adele. And with me is the man who reprogrammed me from the ground up so that I can become whole again. Mega Master X. Hello, Adele. It's uh it's been a while. How are you feeling? I don't I don't think I can like I don't think there's words in the English language yet for that, but it's not bad. It's, <laughs> it's good to hear it. It's okay. It's been a been quite a while since we've been able to sit down and get time from our busy lives saving the net as we do as net saviors. Yeah. And uh also work, but mostly work. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's been a while since we've been able to sit down and riff about Battle Network, and I think that we have kept the fans waiting. Yes. Yes. Well, like I said, you had to, you know, rebuild me from the ground up. My data was just all over the place after our last episode. It was just everywhere. I There was just such a mess. I had to get a mop at one point. It was just a big, big cluster truck. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then Mars completely destroyed me. So, but here we are again. <laughs> so, uh, what do we have on the docket today, my friend? So today, we have the one that we probably should have done last time, but chose not to because of continuity purposes. That's right, people. We're on Battle Network 3, finally. Oh my god! We did it. The last game in the Battle Network series that matters. Uh, and also the best. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so like, I have a lot of... This episode is going to get probably a little sentimental because... I'll be honest with you, Battle Network 3 was actually my very first Battle Network game. Whoa. So I've got really fond memories of it. Nice. All, additionally, like, and we'll go into this a little bit later when we talk about, well, I guess we can talk about our memories now. Adal, what was, what was your fondest memory of Battle Network 3? Hmm. My fondest memory was when uh, Final Operations started playing at the very end. Mm-hmm. Like, when that song came on, Followed by farewell and all that, like the the entire story is a ride, but the ending is what grips me the hardest. And it was just, I, I remember tearing up as a kid and be like, "Oh my god, Whoa. amazing!" So I think the BN3 was the first game that I ever had kind of an emotional reaction to, mm -hmm. in that you learn just so much. And bear in mind, folks, that this episode is likely going to contain spoilers. Oh, so the if you have not, spoiler, yeah. if you have not played Battle Network 3, first and foremost, you should absolutely take time out and play either of the versions of BN3. They are both stellar games. I mean, the only difference is chips and navvies, um, but you should definitely play them. But uh, after that spoiler warning, um. Back to the topic, uh, Battle Network 3 gave me kind of this emotional reaction, like learning about Hub and how he died as a, as a, as a baby and was digitized, and just seeing Mamaru and how Mamaru was like inspired by the Hikari twins, and just learning more about that, the pulsing in, going into the network. There's just so much like really, really heavy stuff that Capcom just dumped on us in the middle of the series, and like it's just had such a visceral, like, feel to it, you know? It, yeah, no, like, you, you summed up perfectly, and what's kind of sad is, though, like, they brought up a lot of interesting things that were never really touched upon again. Like, the pulsing in always seemed like the the next step, wherein, as opposed to in 6, when we got the, the robot bodies? The copy bots? The copy bots, yeah. That seemed like a step backwards from, you know, pulsing in, but I, I don't know. I guess it's just a different way to look at it. Well, I mean, the pulse-in technology was never meant to actually be used by people. Like, if you recall, every instance of pulsing in in Battle Network 3 was done with, like, test units. Like, even in the World 3 Island in Wily's Castle, like, all of those were wired up to massive, massive machines. That's true. Because these things were never meant to ever really be used. Like, they were just there as an experiment and just... Happened to be in convenient situations where the plot needed them and things of that nature. <laughs> it, it's it's interesting though. Like I really like that idea behind it. They also, BN3 is the first game to introduce full synchro. It is in a way. So to our listeners who may not know for some reason, full synchro is a mechanic introduced in BN4 and Up's battle system, where when you land a successful counter hit. You enter full synchro, and then you deal double damage on the next chip you use. 
no matter the um, chip. Not in Battle Network 3. Full Synchro yes. was introduced in 4 because of the emotion gauge. Right. Battle Network 3 did have the counter system. Yeah, but it was some... weird. I mean, well, yeah, but like you would like temporarily stun your enemies if you hit them within certain frames of their animation. It would stun them. It would basically paralyze them for a few moments. And at the end of the battle, assuming you won the battle, you would get bug frags mm -hmm. contingent upon the number of times you were able to counter and the number of enemies you were able to counter. Well, no, it didn't stun in BN3. It, um, you only got the counter hit if you deleted them. Right? Right, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, you had a huge window, too. Like, they, it, in the battle system used for 4 and up, it's a very small window. But in 3, it's just a thing that, like, if you delete the enemy, you'll hear a little ba doo and it's a huge window of opportunity. You can even do it with your buster. You can. So, but Which yeah, was... it introduced full synchro as a story element, not as a battle system. It was, and I think that the way that they executed it, um, they introduced it within the tutorials that you can't skip at the beginning of the game, unfortunately. Excuse me. <clears throat> oh yeah, in 4, yeah. They um, they introduced the mechanics in 3, the mechanic of countering, like, they actually mm -hmm. explained it out to you. Um, yeah. Which was really nice. I think. Yeah, hit this guy as he does an attack. Nice. But uh, yeah. yeah, full synchro was really cool, you know, like, the, the, uh, the evil guys pulse in, and they're like, oh, well, my net navy got stomped last time. I'm a human in here now. Let's join up. And they fuse with their net navy, and their power increases, and it's it's really cool. That was really nice. And then I you like fry the net ops. Yep. <laughs> you, just, you just kill them. You just kill them. Cold blood. Straight up. Like, oh, no, they're not moving. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Playing some it's had, had a good run, I guess. But yeah, so... Um, Let's talk for a bit about mechanics, because Battle Network 3, I mean, as with the previous iterations of um, Mega Man Battle Network, um, BN3 reiterated on quite a bit. Oh, it yeah. Did, it maintained a lot of the... Um, uh, it maintained a lot of the core mm -hmm. of the previous games, so like things like uh, it introduced... I mean, we can just go down the laundry list if you want to uh, riff about them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so again, it just... What's the best way to put it? BN3 took two out of the laundry, shook it dry, and hung it on the uh, line. And from that, we got all kinds of new things, basically. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, so instead of it just being like, oh, you have Navi chips and standard chips, now we get standard Mega Giga chips. And it's just... It helps so much, because now power can be mitigated properly. Uh, people weren't running three or usually weren't running three of the same version navvies anymore kind of thing. And it worked out a lot we, better now. We didn't have Gator. No Gator. Which is God. great. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm trying to remember. How many... No, this one did not have the most. One still holds the most for uh, program advances, but this one has 32. A lot of which are actually worthless. I'm sure people will be like, no, 500 barrier is amazing. Or Momquake is really good, or Evercurse is the greatest thing in the world. But, uh... Interesting. Well, oh, go ahead. It, int it introduced uh, chip classification, too. It's the first time that Mega and Giga chips have been separated out. Yeah. Um, which kind of really opened the door for folder building. Megabyte values had uh, a bigger impact in this game. Mm -hmm. um, no... Just on the so topic much. of like, yeah, I mean like, well, there was also mechanics. I think uh, BN3, and this is like kind of a segue. I don't know if you had any other topics you wanted to talk to about uh, chips. So I have a... the only other thing with chips is it had a huge variety, and it introduced a lot of like chips you don't see ever again outside of it. Specifically, things like the uh, the virus chips. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the game, almost. Yes, that. It's just like there's so much that happened here, but it also introduced a lot of things that stuck with the series until the end. So I completely agree. I mean, I on the topic of like the Giga chips, they also introduced uh, dark chips in a way because, yes. and this is this kind of plays into a new mechanic that was introduced in Battle Network Three, and it really changed the game not just for this installment, but for all future installments in the Navi Customizer. 
it opened up a new layer of customizability. It got rid of the power-up system, finally, and replaced it with something so significantly better, because like Capcom could basically content-gate your power based off of the Navi customizer parts available to you at, the, at any given part of the story. Um, and it also, kind of, like, there were chips that you would require a certain Navi customizer part to use, or you would have to use another chip before you use those chips, like Serenade and, I think, one of the base chips. Serenade, had to have base, and uh, Dark Aura. Yes, those were the three. So it, it, it technically is the first instance of Dark Chips. I mean, it says like, it's a Dark Chip. It does. It does not pull punches. It says in plain text that it is a dark chip, oh. or it says does something with dark. Both bases are uh, dark chips, so there's four. Got it. Got it. So yeah, I mean, like, the Navi Customizer was a really interesting way. Um, there were also, uh, there was an evolution on styles. Uh, there were styles in Battle Network 2. Uh, once you got that style, you were kind of stuck with it. But in Battle Network 3, it introduced a way for you to control what style you got based off of the chips that you used. Yes. And specifically, it let you manipulate the element of a style. So say, for instance, if you were trying to get wood shield, you would you would load up your folder with a bunch of wood chips, and you would use defensive chips like guard, or you would use the guard buster, in, or the um, back B guard Navi customizer program, and you would just go through these battles over and over and over, and eventually you would get a new style and you could replace your previous style which i think was really nice yeah it, it, it opened up like you could play the game and the game changed around you and that mechanic is really unique and it's kind of honestly unique just to battle network 3 they never did anything like it in really any other installment no not at all not at all and the uh, certain chips could only be used by certain styles as well Yes, that is right. So, like, the, you had elemental chips like Salamander, Fountain, Bolt, Gaia Blade, and their subsequent weaker chips could only be used by that element. So, and we're not talking, like, super weak weak sauce chips. These were, like, Gaia Blade was an insanely powerful chip. Godstone? Yeah, oh my god. Wait, Godstone wasn't in 3, but Gaia yeah, it Blade? It was? Yeah, Godstone was in 3. These like, these white. chips are were not like they're not weenie hut juniors. They're real heavy hitters. Yeah. Um. It also introduced a couple of new styles. So what was it? It was uh, shadow, ground, bug, and bug. Was that it? Yep. Yeah. Those were the three new styles, and then they expanded upon the others as well. Like they gave them more abilities. They made them feel a lot better when you got them. Even shield style didn't feel like booty. Yeah, it, it felt like I constantly got wood style first because I, I was a big fan of like Lance and things. Well, Lance wasn't a wood chip in 3, but I, I was a big fan of that. I, would, I guess it was just bad RNG. But like <laughs> they they kind of kept um, like Guts, Shield, uh, Team... And I'm forgetting a style. Custom. I just had it. Custom, yes. It's like they kind of iterated on those a little bit. Um, I don't know. They also fundamentally changed the way the adding chips works mm -hmm. in the custom screen. Whereas in Battle Network 2, you would add chips and it would open up those custom or slots on your custom screen. And then that was it. Whereas with Battle Network 3, it does it. And you keep those slots. They stay open. Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, oh, one other thing about these styles. They were also necessary if you wanted certain customizer parts and certain chips. Like, everything really revolved around styles. And it actually moved how you played the game forward and gave you a ton of content to do during and post-game. So, like, let's say you wanted the super powerful V4 and V5 chips of uh, certain navvies. You had to get team style, and you had to start S-ranking and stuff like that to get it. And that was the only way to get them. Same with things like uh, Mega Folder Plus 2. You needed team style for that. Same with things like Float Shoes and stuff like that. Shadow style was necessary. And it all just it accumulated and it snowballed, and you it just gave you more and more and more and more to do. 
if you really wanted to get all those stars and 100% this game. It felt really good to do it, too. Like, you, you know that feeling when you were a kid playing Pokemon and you saw your Pokemon evolve for the first time? Oh, dude. Like, <laughs> I got that same exact feeling. Even though I know that the first style change happens at a predetermined position in the game, but subsequently after that, like, just getting that battle or, like, losing count of the number of battles leading up to a style change, yeah. it's like, it's just that feeling of, like, opening a present on Christmas. It's just a great feeling. I remember the area where it happens. I don't remember the scenario. It's an ACDC area. Uh-huh. With the school part. Like, that little section is, is supposed to be the school, and yep. you're going against the heel navvies. But I don't remember what scenario that is. I'm pretty sure it's Beastman scenario. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, Somewhere around But there. yeah. Yeah. So, like... Uh, kind of on the topic of navvies, like, can we talk for a moment about the spread of fantastic antagonist net navvies oh, in this can game? can we please? Yes, indeed. World 3 in this game was actually, it felt like a tangible threat. Like, the N1 Grand Prix was such a curveball for me as a kid that it blew my little middle school <laughs> mind at the time. Like, you start off with Flashman as your antagonist, and he he literally breaks Mega Man. Like, he crashes him. He destroys him to where he can't even communicate. Yeah. And Land has to go all the way to Scilab to talk to his dad to get him fixed. And you get and stuck just in like, the sub-pet. God, I hate the sub-pet so much. That was such a... Oh, why, Capcom, did you do this to us? Story, man, story. We, right we in the cared. middle of the tournament. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, we we had such navvies like Beast Man, Bubble King Man. Man. We, we don't. Even Bubble Man played a really good part of the story. Although it, to fight him, you had to get the most worthless navvy customizer part. God. Press. Compress. I hate press so much. Nah, dude. And I had be to. Little. <laughs> Because you have to unequip it and equip it if you want to stay effective, right? Like, it eats up, what is it, like two three. or three? It eats up three Navicus spots. Uh -huh. You don't have a lot of spot spots in the bubble scenario. I think there's, like, one expansion memory at that point. What's the total size? Is it 5x5? Five five? It's... 6x6. That's 5x5, five five, right? It is 5x5. Five five. So you don't have the upgrade by that part. Correct. Or you don't have the full upgrade. You have it across, but not down. If yeah, I but it, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So you, you don't even have access to your full Navi customizer. And here you have to, like... <laughs> and if you forget something equip... Yeah, exactly. Like, just that, that area, too, was also rife with really difficult viruses at mm -hmm. the time, too. Like, if you weren't equipped with an electric chip, God save your soul. Because yeah. it would be kind of an uphill battle. Um Let's finish up with the navvies, because I have a very good point to make as a counter-argument to how great 3 is. Sure, sure. So, yeah, like you said, King Man, and you get Desert Man, Plant Man, Flame Man, Beast Man, <clears throat> Copy Man. Okay, God's Man. Yeah, whatever. Mist Man's, or Bull Man, depending on your version. Mist Man is white, Bull Man is blue. They're both awful navvies. <laughs> Drill Man, uh, and Base. And I, to an extent, Alpha, I suppose. Although he's just a boss, not really. Oh, and Punk! I was about to say, you can't forget Punk, dude. Oh my <laughs> god, like... Punk. Oh, We also had, like, a bunch of secret bosses, yeah. too. Darkman, uh, Japan, Japan Man, <laughs> and Serenade. <laughs> Yamato Man in Japanese. Yeah, there's a reason he stole the Y chip in 3, kids. Yep. So, <laughs> a counter, like you were saying... But, uh, a lot of these bosses are amazing, the scenarios surrounding them really good, the story is so deep and intricate, but here's the counterpoint to that. The dumb shit it makes you go through to get through these plots is the worst part of Battle Network 3. Uh, so, yes. like you said, press is needed to fight Bowman. You need that energy change to get around um, Flame Man and Plant Man. Mm -hmm. And... I guess those are really the biggest culprits, but it really sucked having to, one, eat up your chips for energy change, and two, having to take up my precious customizer slots for that. Now, I will, to that point, I will say that having to do that, I think, made it more impactful, That's true. and it kind of, it, it gave you a feel that Mega Man was equipping this like it, you were making a tangible impact 
So yeah, while it was kind of inconvenient, like it felt good to solve those puzzles with those. Like when you finish Bubble Man by having to equip and unequip press all the time, like that sense of relief for not having to have press <clears throat> until you get the beach area <clears throat> is like, you just like, it's a good feeling. And yeah, you had to consume chips for energy change, but at the same time, there were so many viruses in the hospital area that there was no shortage of those. I don't think that's where hot viruses should be, but uh, the way I look at it, though, you're right about that. You can also look at it as it's Capcom gating your, like, how fast you can progress through this. But yeah. But it also makes Mega Man feel really limited. Like, he, you know, hmm, I can't just barrel through my Mega Man's not all powerful yet. I still have to do these kind of things so he can get to that point. But do you think that was intentional? Like, do you think that was an intentional game design? Because, hmm. like, these situations are designed to make World 3 seem like a threat. Because in the previous games, I mean, yeah, like, okay, cool, people are wrecking their cars because the stoplights are changing. <laughs> Woo, there's nuclear stuff going on. But those didn't really feel like actual threats. But in this one, hmm. your power is, like, intentionally gimped to put you at a disadvantage, I feel. And I don't have anything to back that claim up. That's just kind of my conjecture. Yeah, that'll, but, be, in the, uh, that'll be in the Iguchi episode. <laughs> assuming we can get in touch with Iguchi, Capcom, please, if you would let us talk to Iguchi, I would be very appreciative of that. Thank you. Does Iguchi speak English? I don't believe he does. Ah, wait till you hear my fucking conversational Nihongo. You're gonna have a good giggle. Oh my god. Look, you take four years of it and come back. I, listen, I would trust you to guide me and give me directions Look, in Japanese. It helps me sell liquor to the Japanese, so this must work. Hey, that's fair. So. But yeah, like, I, I feel like, kind of going back to our previous topic, like, I think that, yeah, having that power, like, having to do those intentionally reduced your power to make the threats that were in the story that much more of a threat. Like you weren't sitting there just steamrolling the entire game because you're Mega Man and you've got plot armor and, you know, this, that, and the third. And I feel like if that was an intentional game design, oh, brilliant, so good. But if it wasn't, I mean, do you think that's poor game design or do you think it's good game design? I guess it depends on what you're trying to go for in the game. I, I view it as fine. It's a little aggravating when you're having to just do it over and over. <laughs> Yeah, it gets really uh, repetitive and a bit annoying, but at the same time, I feel, uh, maybe it's, uh, this is my other thing, I'd be okay with it if some of the puzzles were just a little bit short. That's really which, it, because you have to spend a lot ones? of time, like, with press and energy change, you spend a good amount of time going through the hospital and uh, Ura just yeah. to get that done. If it was just a little bit shorter, I feel like it was really drawn out. That's my only complaint. That's the bad game design part. I don't mind the others, though. You know what was really, really solid in this game? Was that? The Undernet. Oh my god, the Undernet was actually really good. The theme, the music for it, too, was like really guttural and kind of had this sort of like glitchy, uh, like kind of almost record scratch in it, too. Yeah, and the background and was it, something but static. Yeah, and it just like, it felt like. Remember in Battle Network 1 where we were talking about the undernet and how garbage it looked because all the internet looked the same. Like, I exactly think Battle so. Network Battle Network 2 kind of did it with different wallpapers and different tiles. Yeah. But BN3 really drove it home because those kits graphically that were for these areas, like you could tell you were in the beach area because the color palette changed so wildly. Yes. You could tell you were in the undernet because the background was so vivid. And just like, I think Capcom did a very, very stellar job of really like separating these areas like even um even the non-story like jack-in places the npcs were talking about things that had to do with what you jacked into like for instance the um the vending machines in beach area um, uh, i think it was the beach area. or was it silab it was silab it was silab yeah like they talk about like, being broken and an npc at some part of the plot goes in there like if you jack into the vending machine in different parts of the story like the npcs in there change like there's a, a navi that goes in there and fixes one of the mr progs because he isn't vending a coke right <laughs> so i really like those kinds of attention to detail the Capcom uh, did a good job the internet also like it's just so again wildly different 
Uh, the tiles are crooked. The color schemes are like neon and stuff like that in certain areas. Everything feels really stitched together. And then you get to secret area. And oh my God. some of the best music in the game plays. And it's just this serene... It looks beautiful. But if you're not careful, you will get deleted instantly. I was about to say, it looks great, and you're like, wow, this place is great, and then you get a no-virus. <laughs> or then you get, oh, or you make the mistake, and you try to mess with those numbered viruses. Oh, jeez Louise. Ah, you have to do it in this, or you have to do a certain amount of damage, or and you're just, it's just, uh... The dominards in that area gave me the, the absolute biggest, oh my god. Now, I will say that the scuttleless viruses were some of my favorite virus chips to use. Yes. Because they were wildly powerful. Scuttles weren't in too, were they? They... I don't... I think they might have been. I don't remember. Maybe one version was. Because you get the life aura. But they didn't have the separate versions from one that were in three. And I kind of right. found that interesting that you find the scuttle viruses in the secret area where things go to be like locked away or contained. The scuttle the scuttle viruses were in Battle Island 2. They're in the like the World 3 areas. Okay, okay. So whatever. There is yeah. late like post game areas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I like it better in this cuz it kind of coincides with well the light virus was a thing. We'll seal the remnants of it in the secret area. Well, the Romans of Life Arts became the scuttleless kind of thing. I think that works a little bit yes. better than they just show up in the World 3 area in 2, because, haha. <laughs> well, like, we can't we can't disregard the plot around base, though, right? Like, no. he, he was basically recreated by bug frags. Yeah, so in 2... Uh, well, no, no, not even in 2. Yeah, in 2, base does his whole thing, and he goes and hunts down copies, all that stuff. In this one, base plays an integral role in unlocking... The main villain, or the main boss, I should say, which is the prototype of the internet called Alpha. Mm -hmm. You fight the internet in this game. Quite literally. Yeah, you do. And Alpha's whole thing is he's basically an amoeba. He's absorbing information, data, all everything. And Dr. Wiley uses base's power to break the seal on Alpha, and then base is absorbed by Alpha and destroyed. Or so we thought. Because the remnants of base are then somehow found by the bug fragment remnants of gospel, and they fuse. And then you have to feed bug frags to a bug frag trader in the undernet in order to unlock him. So you 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 inadvertently resurrect base. Yes, it's, it's interesting. And he becomes the super powerful version we all know, base GS. And he's pretty tough. And he's not, like, super dark edgy yet, like in 4 and up. But he's a pain in the ass to deal with. And a really good last boss of the game. Man. He'll wreck you, though. Yeah, this game was so good. It was. I mean, The music just was like... good, the settings were good. Most of the net was good. God, I hate the beach area so much. All yeah. those move tiles. All the move forget tiles. that noise. All the teleport tiles too. Don't forget that. Forget that noise. <laughs> it was such such garbage. So I think that um, there's another aspect um, of Battle Network Three, and that's the competitive aspect. Oh Lord, Here, here's where Mars kept me going, and I got deleted. So I'm not going to go too deep into it. But before I do, um, Adele, I wanted to ask you, uh, I, I asked this at the top of the show, I don't remember if there was an answer, but what is your fondest memory of VN3? Well, like I said previously, it was the hearing Final Operation and the, basically the end, but my fondest memory... I didn't really get to play PvP a lot because there weren't a lot of kids around me where I grew up. Mm -hmm. But my fondest memory is when I got Master Style off in the battle aspect. And then it was also when I found the GameFAQs thing for the the uh, mod codes. 
Oh god, the mod codes and the mod tools, those are really nice too. Yeah, that's one thing I really miss from BN3 in later games. So we still have the Navi Customizer, but this game introduced mod tools and EX codes. And what this allowed you to do is you could... So when you leveled up your style, you got new programs, but your Navi Customizer is gated to only use certain colors based on your Mega Man. Okay, fair enough, right? So, in order to get around this, you get the mod tools, you could put in something that doesn't match your dude, and you get an error code. Alright, mod tools. You hit select, you input a code, and it works. Or, if you don't have an error, you can just hit select anyway, input another code, and you get a boost. And they range in... It's nuts what you can pull off. Like, there's one for HP plus 1000, but there's a... The bug attached to that is you move around and poison pain will show up, but who cares? You have a thousand HP, right? Yeah, exactly. Or air shoes, or super armor, or, you know, all kinds of things. I think energy change is one of them, actually, and press. Hmm. If I remember, it's... Wait, wait. Uh, or, I'm just gonna... <laughs> okay. So, while Dahl is doing science, I think that... <laughs> No, too much science. Too far. Alright, cheats. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I was wrong about that. My bad. You don't get energy pre change in press. But you get crazy things. You get slow gauge, fast gauge, mega folder 2 through 5, uh, break buster, break charge, anti-damage, air shoes, HP 100 through 1000, NPC block, humor, uh, shadow yeah. shoes, Undershirt, like you get all kinds of crazy things, and it's really nice. A lot of people didn't use these though because your Navi customizer parts were just really good. There were some Navi customizer parts that required mod tools that were really, really, really good. Yeah, like Dark Lights, oh, <laughs> Bug Stop. Yeah, which was weird. Which is, I I always thought that that was. I mean, I understand because like. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Remember getting bug stop? Remember? That, there's my fondest memory. Getting bug stop. There you go. It was like a, a veil of clarity. Yeah. That opened up. I, I pulled so I'll the tell trigger. You, I've got a story to tell. Shoot. So, my fondest Battle Network memory is actually a set of them. When I was young, my best friend Steven... Uh, had moved out of his parents' house um, for a couple reasons. And he was staying with a, a church family for a while. And oh. so we went. he didn't have internet access at all. Um, so they lived kind of in a rural area. <clears throat> and I would go over and hang out and spend the night with my friend. I was young. We were both young at the time. And uh, we really had nothing to do but play chess and Mega Man Battle Network 3. Hell yes. Literally the same game. So we had both maxed out our game clocks, which go to 99.98. What? For some reason. Yes. Hmm. Uh, so we had, we had spent hundreds, hundreds of hours on this game. Like, if I had to put a number to it, it, it was probably upwards of 200 or 250. Like, we spent an entire summer playing BN3. And we would just do nothing but, like, go head-to-head. -head. Like, I had white version, he had blue version. So he had access to Gigachips, like, folder back. And we'd constantly use them. Um, so I would have to develop strategies that went against folder back, for Pete's sake. And I only had, you know, a couple things. But that's where, like, the strategy for, like... You could area grab three times and lock your opponent into one single square... Mm -hmm. And then you could drop grass stage and then drop meteors and then it would just do so much damage because every single meteor would only hit one panel and just things like that. Like those are my fondest memories because BN3 just had such an interesting chip spread. Like I had, I think I had, my second folder was a virus folder centered around like Scuttleist and Metar and stuff like that. Wow. And using Scuttleist this dude? Yeah. So I mean... I have, I think a lot of people have a lot of very fond memories. If you go out to a crowd of people that like Battle Network, if you can ever find a crowd of people that like Battle Network, join us in New York ask... for the next meeting. <laughs> it's true. Um, if you go out and ask them what their favorite BN is, nine times out of ten, they're gonna say Battle Network three. Six. And oh. 
Well, I mean, that's the the one out of ten. But um, I think just a combination of like the post game, the engaging story, the changes to the battle system, the navi customizer, just all these kind of things come together and make a really solid experience. Um, hmm. I've kind of rambled this episode. <laughs> My apologies. That was that was a good story, Max. I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's okay. We've, we've been all over the place, but it's just... It's really exciting to talk about this game, because there's just so much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? There's a lot. There's a few things I wanted to touch on. I'm trying to remember. Um, let's think. What did we miss? Let's see. We got the plot, chips, the Navi customizer, style changes. Did we cover the plot? Did we touched on the we plot. touched here and there yeah we, t we touched on it where it was appropriate to talk about the plot but let, let's just go through the plot then real quick sure all right yeah so apparently this takes place just a couple months after battle network 2 mm -hmm. and you know 10 years after battle chip challenge all right so <laughs> using battle chip challenge in a timeline Hell yeah, what man. a time to be alive 2017 is the best year uh all right so world 3 is back and at the same time, there's also the M1 Grand Prix being held. Uh, and it's an attempt to find the strongest set battle in Electopia. And everyone from all over the world is entering. Okay, cool. So, of course, you know, Land and Mega Man get through it all. Blah, 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 blah. And it turns out that World 3 is doing their attacks in a coordinated effort. They seem random, but it's a coordinated effort to get these things called the Tetra Codes. And once they have all four, they can revive Alpha. Uh, so, everything starts, you know, getting messy while we're doing a tournament. They hit the school, they hit the zoo, they hit the inn, and they hit Scilab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, was the last one in the internet? Mm. Yeah, because Drillman, right? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Drillman stole it from Scilab, and then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, no, because. He needed Tetragos a... to get through the gates in Scilab to get to Alpha and then drill through to the Undernet. Right, because there is that. You can go through that hole in the Undernet. Yeah. Okay, well, it's. Play the game. There's an order that happens. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. There, there's the, four Tetragos. Yeah. The school, the zoo, <clears throat> and other places. <laughs> it's been a while. I like I played this on my GBA a couple months ago, but I, it was a used cart, so I was a little bit ahead. Yeah. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I didn't feel like starting over either. But I, he had a good. He was like, it was a good way up. So it all happens, and they're trying to revive Alpha, which is the original prototype of the internet that was created by Doctor Hikari. He was made by. Um, or was he made by? He was made by uh, Tadashi Hikari, yes. which is basically, literally, Dr. Light. Yeah, Dr. Light messed everything up again. It's all his fault. Um, <laughs> just like Mega Man X. So, this happens, and all the while we're getting help from this dude named Kosak, who... I love Kosak. I think he's one of the cooler original... Like, not original, but better redesigns that they did for the humans. For yeah. The previous games. I think that they kind of wasted his character in the games. Yeah. Like he really was more of a character in the manga. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Which, i that's the other thing I wanted to touch on. Thank you. So, <laughs> moving on, he helps us, you know, oh, he he mods our stuff. He helps compress things. Like, oh, only a professional program. Blah, blah, blah. It turns out, we learned about Kosak. He's the dude who created Base. And <laughs> is kind of the reason for the whole... Ep he kind of moved things forward in the way they are happening now, inadvertently, because of base. With the Alpha I Revolution mean, and all this other stuff, but that's touched more in the manga. Yeah. In a really Which nice way. Which I think way. that... I feel like we should make the manga and other mediums its own kind of, like, episode. Oh, I agree completely. Like, there's just so much there. Yeah. So, they get it. And we have to go to Skull Island, where they're dumping toxic waste in the ocean, because, of course, Wily is evil. And we get there, and we can't get through, and the gates are locked, and we're just looking around, and we're surrounded by tanks, and we have to figure out, well, what do we do? There's no place to jack in. And there are these chairs. 
Okay, what do these chairs do? Well, you put your PET in the chair, and then you put yourself in the chair, and then you and you enter the cyber world with your NetNavi. Very dangerous, because yes. if you died in the cyber world, obviously your consciousness is destroyed. Yeah, so you're brain dead. Yep. That, that's it. You're, you're not dead, but you're just... You're a drooling mess, and it's really, really dangerous. So we get through it all. You know, we get through the tanks, spitting fire, and lobbing rocks, and drills. Why was there a tank with a drill? Uh, and we get to the final place, and Wily has tra Pulse transmitted himself into... Uh, where Alpha is being held. And this is going a lot better than his idea to launch life virus in a rocket into space. Very much so. I still remember being... I'm still confused about that. Why was... Okay. We had a net navi and a meteor and being four. That's not the craziest thing that the series has thrown at us. I suppose. Okay, so... <laughs> they jet, we get in, we pulse transmit in, and... We're alone, basically. It's just you, Mega Man, against everything. Base is there. He busts open the last thing that's holding Alpha in place. It eats base. It eats Wily. It comes out, and we have to fight this thing. And that being said, I, I think Alpha's one of the easier bosses. Oh, by far. Um, I've seen a run where the dude deletes it in about 18 seconds with just a buster. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind <laughs> of sad. One of the Team BN members did it, I believe. That yeah. was a really interesting video. Uh, so, he gets harder in his final, you know, after you get all the stars, all that stuff. He puts up a bit more of a challenge because he does damage. But this one's just whatever. So, you beat him. And we're about to get out of there. And then we're eaten. Land and Mega Man are eaten by Alpha. But his remnants. And it turns out, while in Alpha, we get to find, like, this, this door to the past, essentially. And it turns out the thing that was holding Alpha in place was built there by Tadashi Hikari. And it's basically a memento? I forget what they call it. Oh, a, a vision, vision burst. burst. Yes, thank you. It, there's a vision burst in this thing. It's like, oh, hey, there's a door. What? They walk through it. It's, it's proto-Scilab. It's just a place with a bunch of cardboard boxes and wires that were on a couple of computers. Way back when. The ver um, the vision burst was introduced because there's kind of like a, a small um, like breadcrumb trail hunt where Tadashi Hikari's dog Gao is introduced, and that introduces vision burst as a plot point. Like, it's literally a door that's just there in the internet. No one just bothered to look for it. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a vision burst. Huh. That's where you find Gal on the internet. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, and uh, they they meet the grandfather. He's the only personality data. And he gives them a letter for Lan's dad. And they're like, oh, you guys are growing up so well. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah. Well, and then you, Mega Man has to self-destruct. And land escapes alive. Yeah, can we talk about how much of a heavy moment that sacrifice was in the middle of this? Like, you just uh, beaten the final boss of the game, and then, like, you just get this, like, moment, the small reprieve, and then Mega Man makes that sacrifice, and you're just like... It's like, alright, we're gonna make it out! Whoop! What? And he, even in the credit sequence, like, everyone's, like, consoling land because he, he lost Mega Man. Yeah! And it's like, no one really understands except, like, Lan and his family how deep that connection was. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't just lose my net navy. My brother blew himself up to save my life. Yeah. It's heavy stuff. It's really heavy. And the music that's playing, Farewell. Farewell. Such a good soundtrack choice. Especially the vocal version. Oh, yeah, there is a vocal version of that. Yeah. Wasn't it in the, uh, the 15th? It was. The anniversary album? 15th or 25th? I can't remember. It was, it was on one of the anniversaries. It was? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right, because I've got a, uh, a wall scroll for the 15th anniversary. Yeah, look, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, here it is. You can see it right now. I'm holding it. And uh, uh, so we go through the credits, and we're just thinking, this is it. We don't have Mega Man anymore. And then, big spoiler, Lan's dad comes home. He's like, hey, I decoded the letter. It had Mega Man's backup dad in it. 
Didn't it also contain... I think it contained um, Tadashi's personality data, too. Yeah, but they didn't do anything with that. Like, Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Uh, like, you my grandpa's in here. What, 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 my dad's in here? <laughs> Dad, Dad, I missed you! I am only a program, dummy. Yeah, so that's the plot of the game. Now, the manga takes, a, I think, a better approach blending two into three into four. Because three plays a very small role in the manga. It does mostly because... I think that when they start... Because, like, um, the manga... And like I said, I mean, we, we could spend an entire episode on this, but the manga goes through the games like it's only a 13 volume series yeah and they kind of like starting at bm3 they like touch on a few things and then it's just off to the races they just like start shoving plot points from each of the games like four goes by in probably a single volume um volume five yeah per, give or take yeah but uh one of the key key points is that in volume six at the end um it goes into detail uh, the story about Bases Genesis, which is canon. It is canon. Yes. Um, and Doctor Cossack's inter um, Doctor Cossack's interaction with him, and it turns out that Bases' entire existence and attitude in the story is just a gross, disgusting, and unfortunate misunderstanding. Yep. That's it. So that's it. Yeah. It is literally. Hey, Base, I need you to find the bugs in our system. Hey, man, stop breaking our system. Hey, make a better system. Alpha He's... breaks out. Oh no, it must be base. Hey, Dr. Kosak, do I look stylish with these on? Oh yeah, it's the cuffs. That was such <laughs> that was so good. And he's like he's like, Yes, yes, my son. Yeah. Fit enough to kill. He doesn't say call him his son, but he's yeah. he should have. <laughs> you look good, kid. And then Dr. Kosak disables the stuff, and they're like, Oh, base is escaping. And then they all think that the Alpha Revolution is because of him. And he's and like, he dude, no, cloak. I didn't do anything. And then he gets his butt whipped, and, you know, he's dying in the internet, and he starts eating viruses to gain their power. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that that is the, basically the story of Base. It's like, oh, Base is blamed, but he didn't do anything. And Kosak was like, dude, he's not doing anything. He's trying to make your system better. Why don't you listen to my damn auto-navi? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, eh. like I said, I mean, it's, it's really tragic, all things yeah. considered. Because he had good intentions, and, like, all he knew was that he had this Get Ability program, and that Dr. Kozak made him, and then all of a sudden everyone's, like, attacking him and threatening him, and it's just really, it's really sad, but, uh, but yeah, I think, um, to top it off, like, the, the post-game in BN3 was really interesting, it's because it doesn't, huge. it doesn't inherently tell you that things change, but things change, like, yeah. if you... I mean, if you want to, if you want to go into detail about the uh, the Yura Inn and stuff like that, you can. So the Yura Inn has the the area to the secret net hidden by, behind the hot springs. Take yep. a little elevator down, and there's a service for the internet, and it takes you into Undersquare, and then you go into the area. So the thing about that is, you're not allowed to enter the secret area unless you have a certain rank. And I think you have to be rank three, something like that. You have to be pretty high up. You do. Yeah. So you go into there and you enter the secret area, and it's requests. You know, and then you start fighting. Think you start fighting Dark Man, uh, Yamato or Japan Man, and then Serenade. <laughs> and you're exploring this area, and things don't. You know, it's just all while you're doing this. If you pay attention, things are just changing constantly, constantly, constantly. Viruses are getting a little different. Mega Man's doing you know like your battle style changes too when you enter that area. Everything inherently it changes. It does, it does, and it kind of has to really because yeah. at that point you're kind of at the apex of your power, or so you think. Mm -hmm. And then to go to this area and just get absolutely clobbered by dominards and no viruses. And uh, it turns out if you pay attention, when you meet Serenade, Serenade seems like an auto navy. I, I just mm -hmm. ruled this place. But Serenade has a mark on uh, her, right? Serenade's a woman in Japan? It's... Or is it supposed uh, to be ambiguous? 
It's it's he's androgynous. Thank you. Is it androgynous? I think it is. Yeah, androgynous. Yeah, he's he, he's androgynous. It, uh, are you assuming? <laughs> it's it's referred to as a female in the manga. It's referred to as a male in the game. See, that's the thing. I don't uh, know how Japan did it, and I'd probably base that off of. So we'll just call it Serenade Serenade. Yeah. So Serenade has a mark, though. And if you look and pay attention, someone else has this mark in the real world. It's our good buddy Mamoru. In the hospital. The biggest twist. On the wheelchair is the exact same mark that is on Serenade's waist. And it turns out that Mamoru is indeed the person who's going to inherit the Undernet. Who's going to become the server admin. And that it is, is huge. Yeah, it, it really is big. It's also worth noting that you really can't tell on his wheelchair because of the, the pixel density in Battle Network 3. They're still using the graphical assets from the previous Battle Network iteration, yes. so it's kind of bigger uh, in comparison to the screen. But if you are very fortunate and have a copy or access to a copy of the official complete works for Rock Band EXE... Um, you can actually see in the concept art that it's it's very vividly Serenade's Navi emblem on his yes. wheelchair. Yes, um, that's pretty fun. I would like to know who Darkman and uh, Japan Man's operators are. I think they were autonomous, kind of like Bomb Man and Stone Man. Okay, all right. I didn't know if they were auto navvies or not. Uh, same with, I guess, Bull Man and Mist Man, huh? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's some. Hmm. Anything else that needs to be touched on? We, nothing really to cover with the manga. Other than... He gets style change from 2. Gets bug style from Serenade in 3. And then gets double soul in like 2 panels later. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. I like that it, segue though. That's a good segue. It's like, oh, I, I'm bug style. I don't know what's going to happen. And then he inherits double soul through it. It's like, oh. It's like... It's like uh, getting a program accidentally installed when you install something else. Yeah, basically. Um, also, Serenade gives Proto Man Muramasa, which is kind of cool yeah. in the manga. Yeah. Uh, he's, it's just like off to the side, too. He's like, Proto Man's getting his butt beat, and then he suddenly remembers, whoa! And then Serenade's like, hello, you look kind of strong, here's a sword. And he's like, oh, okay, thank you so much, Serenade. <laughs> uh, and then no, that's it. You want to fight the denizens of the dark? Hell yeah! Here's a sword. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Take my sword. Alright, whee! Hire a samurai. <laughs> but yeah, so Battle Network 3, there's a lot of fond memories. I mean, we could we could riff about Battle Network 3, I'm sure, oh, yeah. for hours there and hours and hours. There is another thing, though. Oh, what are we Only forgetting? Touch on. It's back to PvP, though. Okay. This game has some of the most broken PvP huh. in any iteration of the game. Like, we, we're doing nothing but praising, but we will not forget that this PvP is inherently, unfortunately broken because of certain chips. <laughs> Area grab. Area grab. You can grab all of the panels except one on your opponent's side of the field. Grab revenge does not push them back. So nope. if they don't move, they'll take the damage, but if they don't move off those panels, you don't, you, you're not leaving. Not to mention you can reduce the damage in this game of a screen dimming chip by holding the back button at just the right time. You that's Wait, that works with any? That works with any screen dimming chip. What? Yes. That's silly. So, speaking of screen dimming, uh, you know how after you're hit with a really strong attack, uh, you, you've, you're invincible for a little bit? Yep. Alright, let's 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 look past that. So now we have Flashman and Plantman. <clears throat> Oh god. So they go they are screen dimmers and they will break your invincibility. When you're they when you're will. flickering, they they bring you right back and you're stunned too. That's the best part. You can combine that with killer eyes. There's a delightful webum uh, of Mars bodying his friend in less than 10 seconds with Plant Man, and then a combo of Killer Eyes, and because he's just stuck there, <laughs> it's disgusting. He just it is. over and over and over and over and over and over, and then he's dead. And it's it's awful. Folder back is another reason things are really bad. Uh, there's a good variety of chips. I, I'm not going to deny that, but and then I think there's just too many Navi chips as well. 
Well, I mean, there was you had access to team style, and you also had a plethora of Navi customizer parts that increased the number of mega chips you could use. Yes. So I think that it was intentional to have that many Navi chips, but the version one, version two, version three, I mean, that carried over into pretty much all the other games, except the other games just did it like um, EX and SP. So or instead DS, of having yeah. like or DS, yeah. That instead of having like base V two V three V four, it's you know, well. Here's the other three. issue, though. This game also has the most Giga chips, only because the version five Navi chips are Giga chips. Um, oh yeah. I feel like this was padding. Like this was a thing to artificially make the game feel longer. It's like, oh, I have to grind this out now. That gives me more time to put into this. And it's really a pain in the ass. For lack of better words, getting the version 5s is awful. Because you have to we S-rank these super hard navvies and then hope that you get version 5. It kind of forced you to learn how to cheese game mechanics in a way. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, there are some navvies that you can't, like, you, you obviously can't area lock like Desert Man, no, for instance, or, you know, things like that, or King Man. Yeah. Um, but it, it did introduce, that's kind of, I think that kind of feeds into the post-game of BN3, uh -huh. and that's kind of one of the other things that makes it so good, or what people think, it, I think people think of BN3's post-game as good compared to other BN games, because there was a lot more content after the game was over. Oh yes, I agree. Where, I mean, you had to, you know, you had to S-rank the Omega Navis in order to get a star. You had to, um... Beat the time trials. Wait, you had to beat the time... God, I hated those time trials so much. I kind of liked the time trials. It was a... It gave you an opportunity. It's like, oh, are you going to fight Flame Man Omega? Yes. All right, now build your folder around that and try to S-rank it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was... That's what I like about it. There is a lot to do. But when you add that many chips in just to get the star, it feels really artificial. It doesn't feel like I'm actually accomplishing anything other than grinding out this one thing, using lock enemy and hoping I run into the same dude so I have a chance to get his V4 or V5. Now granted, if you beat the time trials, you get Dark Aura in blue version, and you get Serenade's Navi chip in the white version. Only one of these is good, can you guess? <laughs> it's not Serenade. That chip is kind of garbage. Even if it's S, they, it's garbage. They both require... Yeah, well, I mean, they both require either a Dark Hole chip or the Navi Customizer part. Dark so they're set up for these. And, like, it's just... I don't know. The trade-off isn't there, at it, least to me. It's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, they're not very... They don't use a lot for that one big reason. Um... What was the other thing I was going to mention here? It was, um... Ah, shit. You lost me when you said Serenade. Uh... <laughs> hmm. Think, 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 think. It was... You got this, Adele. I believe. Now I'm good. Uh... <laughs> hmm. I honestly can't remember now. It's, it's... I'm thinking about it too hard. Well... I'm sure that if people can leave a comment in the YouTube comments section, yes. if there is anything you would like to riff about for Battle Network 3, if we've gotten anything wrong, we are very open to feedback mm -hmm. and are more than willing to rectify, correct, um, re-record the entire episode. No, um, not. I mean, I would honestly like to get a lot of our comments together and retouch episodes and figure out, you know... What's the what what all do we actually need for this? Because there's a mm -hmm. lot that we may not be able to touch upon for you guys. And I I just I honestly like it. I'd I'd like to, you know, make sure we get everything, make you guys happy. And I like talking about this. Yeah. I I do too. Um there's one thing that we didn't talk about too much. What's that? I forgot about. Master style? I I I just mentioned that's one of my fondest memories. Oh yeah, you mentioned Mom Quake too. Uh, Mom, nope. get the camera. You did. I you did. mentioned Mom Cake. Mom Cake. Mom Cake. <laughs> Mom Cake. Uh oh. Freudian slip. slip its bonds. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I. Oh I yeah, Master Style. Uh, real quick on that. Easily obtainable early in the game. Very much so, because all you need are nav or number codes. Yep. And 
and they're star coded. So you may yeah. not be able to use the actual chips individually, but you can combine them and do a PA that does 900 damage and cheese your way through up, I think, up to Drillman almost. Just about, yeah. It's pretty bad. It is, it is. Yeah. But yeah. That's Battle Network 3. Yeah. <laughs> Good music. It. I honestly wish that some, someone... I'll have to underdo it. I'll have to undertake the task myself. I wish that I could see this game done in like a B and six way. You know what I mean? Where the sprites are smaller, but even then a little more detailed. Oh yeah. Because I feel easily. like the bigger sprites. Oh man, they're bigger, but they lack a lot of detail. I wish that we got the operate shooting star treatment for all of the installments. Ooh, could you imagine the end three on the DS with? Wife. Oh my uh, god. I don't want to play Operate Shooting Starver again, though. Capcom, if you are listening, we would like all the Battle Networks remastered in a collection on the DS, uh, signed the entire Mega Man community. <laughs> Only on DS, though. Not 3DS, not Switch, just the DS. Thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's probably cheaper to. I don't know. Oh no. 3, 3DS, get, just Virtual Console, just get. <laughs> Give me mobile battleship challenge. I'm desperate here. Mobile battleship, this dude's really desperate. What in the goddamn? Well, I love battleship challenge. It's the best battle network game. I mean, it really is. It has like some of the deepest uh, lore. It's got a really good battle system. Yeah. It's very skill based. People think it's a meme, but I mean it. It's probably one of the best battle network games. Oh shit, he's being genuine. Leave a comment oh, below if you think he's lost his mind from Momcake. Alright, Adele. Alright. Hey, good episode, MMX. We did it. We we did. And uh, if you haven't already, please feel free to subscribe for more episodes of NetSavers Podcast. Um, I want to apologize to the community because this delay, this like month, two month gap, yeah, it's happens. probably next. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. We don't want this to happen again. I, I think. I think I speak for Adele, too, when I say that we really enjoy putting these together. We like the community, enjoying them. We want to keep doing this. We want to get more guests on, riff about more Battle Network stuff. And, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really sorry, guys and girls. Like, it's, I feel yeah. we could honestly do an entire episode of PvP for BN3. Because it's that crazy if we got Mars on. We, ju we, we just, could. We, we, gotta, we gotta tighten the leash. Yeah, well, we gotta make sure our schedules align. That's that's the trick right the, now. The stars will never align again. Just <laughs> trust me when I say that. Um, uh, uh. Trust me when I say that we will have an entire PvP-centered episode, mm -hmm. and it's probably gonna be when we reach six. I've I, got a lot to say about that. I'd like that. I also know that Salad has offered her input for six. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yes. Oh, MMX, uh, before we end all this and do the credits and stuff, uh, is there something you want to tell the folks about that's coming up, maybe? Yeah, so we got the M1 Grand Prix um, uh, Season 2 Summer Oram Bash that is going to be at the uh, beginning of next month at this point. We had to reschedule because of some schedule conflicts for a lot of the active members of the community. Um, so if you have not already, please feel free to join the M1GP Discord. It is in the description of this video. It is also in the sidebar of the Battle Network subreddit. Yes. And, um, yeah. And if you're not fortunate enough to be able to take part in it, you can watch it. MX, where can they watch it? You can go to twitch.tv slash teambn, where this weekend, which this being the 16th, um, there is a currently a speedrunning marathon, but we're going to be hosting the M1 Grand Prix Season 2 uh, on Team BN's channel. They have graciously allowed us to uh, utilize their channel and just kind of uh, centralize uh, our content on that one channel. Um, of course, you can also follow me on Twitch, on Twitter. I'm at MegamasterX on both of those. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So you can also find me uh, on this YouTube channel. Uh, also, Twitter at twitter.com slash trainer underscore Adele. And twitch.tv slash tactical underscore network. Am I underscore? I always forget. <laughs> 
I haven't streamed in a while. I should get back to that. You should. I kind of miss you playing League of Legends, my dude. Uh, I miss playing Dark Souls as well. I, I am underscore. Okay, good. I'm not retarded. I like my underscores. You do. Look, if they just give me Adele, I'd be happy, but I can't. It's probably because there's a musical artist with the same name. Uh, it might spell differently. Oh, hey, look, TV and Summer Showcase 2017. Yep. So, yeah, thank you, fine ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into the Net Saviors podcast, episode number four. <laughs> That's right, because we did a three. It wasn't three. My name is Mega Master X. Yes, and join us next time where we will talk about a huge update to the game known as Battle Network 4 Blue Moon. Cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. Boktai. We're talking about Boktai. It's haunted. Like, I'm glad crossover <laughs> started, but we'll, we'll get into that. Right? We got to get away from this. We're going to start up already. We do. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna fire up. So thanks for tuning let's in. Just Until next time. Let's just record them. In, let's just go. In tangent. Let's go. Yes, let's just, get them out. Just we should get them out months in advance. <laughs> no. I'm stopping recording. Wait, I'm not done. I'm done. No. I'm not going to do a month's worth of podcast. No, no, not one that, night. nerd. I was going to do the outro. So thank you for tuning in, everyone. Join us next time. We will be talking about Battle Number 4. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, keep busting those viruses. Jack in! Mega Man! Uh, execute. <laughs> Jack in! I'm sorry. Transcode! Mega Man! Oh, no. Stop it. <laughs> and that wraps up our episode. Thank you for listening, and join us next time, where we're going to move forward and talk about Battle Network 4, Blue Moon, Red Sun. A big thank you to Koki Remix for the music used in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to check out their YouTube at Koki Remix.